Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining um, for my second episode of this brand new podcast titled Fearlessly Authentic. I am your host, Priscilla Flores. Today, today, we will be going through my testimony um, and sharing with you guys my story. I think it's very important uh, for everyone to know um, and understand me just a little bit that, um, you know, I've been through some stuff too, and I've had to overcome some obstacles. I can't compare my life to anybody else's life, and nobody really can compare their lives with your life. But collectively, as um, people, I think we can all raise our hand and say, yeah, we've been through some stuff. And if you're listening to me right now, then uh, that means that you have also survived going through your stuff Um, and so just want to commend you on that, first of all, because that's awesome in itself. Uh, second of all, my story that I'm going to share with you guys is really to help you, um, understand how the power of the Holy Spirit can truly transform anything that you have been through, the hurts that you have felt, the, um, any unmet needs, the things that have been done to you, um, Holy Spirit can do a work and he can change what has been done to you um, and turn it into something that can actually glorify his name. I know it's crazy to, to say and even to think, but um, truly, you know, my story is no longer what hinders me from progressing forward in life as a, <clears throat> as a person. Uh, my story has been what actually propelled me into be into becoming who I am today. Um, and so I want to share with you guys a little bit about the PTO process, because this is how I learned, um, how to gain the tools today that I can use today so that I don't have to continue to live in what has been done to me or live in those mistakes or live in, um, the the things that have shaped me into being who I was. So with that, I will start by giving you some background on PTO. So PTO stands for peeling the onion. Um, You will hear me referencing peeling the onion um, throughout the podcast and today and even going forward, PTO had such a huge impact in my life. And I believe PTO was such a great stepping stool for me, um, like I said, into becoming who I am. But because I am who I am now, I can, I can say who I am now is not who I once was. And who I am now is who I want to strive to be a better version of that person. Who I was back then, I was actually really sad and I guess mad and I didn't know why and I didn't realize it, but the Lord is just so gracious and he peels back those layers um, piece by piece. And even now I've been out of PTO for three years and even now things still come up and they don't hurt me as much. They still do hurt when they do come up, but I have the tools to understand why does it hurt me and what am I, what is that unmet need and where do I get that unmet unmet need from? And that is from the Holy Spirit, my Jesus Christ. 
um, but Peeling the Onion is a uh, program that's offered through my church, City Tribe. Um, if you are interested into finding a church or interested in the program, Peeling the Onion, please feel free to reach out to me and I will get you connected to one of our tribe leaders within PTO um, to get you what it is, uh, the information that, that you need. Uh, but peeling the onion is a, an incredible program. What we do or the, the purpose of it is we practice vulnerability into sharing your story, the things that have happened to you, uh, look into the past and, um, help you dig into those deep dark secrets not to get stuck in the past but to bring that past into the light so that way you can share that with someone and unload the burden in which it has caused you also <clears throat> they pe peeling the onion you also go through um different hangs up hang hang ups different hang ups such as uh, fear, abuse, shame, guilt, um, and then we go into our different wounds that we may have from our fathers and our mothers. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, it's, it's really hard. When I went through PTO, it was a six-month program, but some people before me had like a nine-month program. So praise God that they were able to, to get it narrowed down even to six months. But it was a, it was a huge commitment because each week um, I was committed to taking a look into my past and to sharing it with a group of women that um, at the time I didn't know. So there's something very special when you can um, band together with a group of people and y'all just share all of y'all's junk <laughs> together and go through the entire experience um, because it's so life-altering. Uh, many of the women that I went through PTO with um, went through PTO with, um, I'm still very connected to and are some of my greatest friends, some of my biggest cheerleaders, some of my biggest encouragers, some of the biggest lights when I go through my own hardships. Um, so if anything, um, if I, if I didn't get healing out of it, I definitely got friends, long lasting, good soul ties, um, friends, and it's, it's incredible. Um, that is just one of the benefits and perks of joining a PTO. So <clears throat> with PTO, as you go through your junk, you're also assigned a sponsor. And so this particular sponsor, uh, that is assigned to you, um, their responsibility or their job is to help identify trends that maybe you're not seeing, uh, maybe choices that you're making, uh, patterns that you, um, on your actions. Um, also, they may ask you different probing questions, you know, um, to dig a little bit deeper, almost like, you know, that whole, uh, how does that make you feel? Uh, something like that. Um, <laughs> because uh, we can share um, things superficially, but in order to get the depth of healing that um, you owe to yourself, uh, we, we have to dig in a little further and that's what sponsors are there for. Um, I believe in this program so much that um, 
in the three years that I have been, uh, that I've completed the program, I have led um, two different PTO tribes and I've also sponsored, um, I think it's about four different women um, in this time. And so I truly do believe in the program. Um, and the program is what has brought me to be able to share my story and um, kind of lay it out there. Um, once you get through PTO and you start leading and sponsoring, um, your story is just, you know, another part of you. It's not something to be ashamed of, but something to wear as a badge of honor. Um, again, so you can glorify how God has um changed our lives so without further ado here we go on my story i'm extremely nervous so i will start with um my inciting incidents and we'll go from there all right okay so when i was three years old there was an incident um, where I had a family member showing me um, affection in a not-so-family-member way. And um, I was three years old. I was really scared. Someone went upstairs to go call an adult. Um, the adult kind of came down the basement um, a few steps down and uh, basically just told that person to stop it. And that was basically it. So... Um, for, for a while, I was actually afraid of um, this one particular family member, um, but um, I just felt like uh, a kid, like nobody was going to believe me, nobody understood. I didn't even understand what was going on. I was three years old. Um, I knew that it wasn't right, um, but I wasn't 100% sold that it was wrong either, um, I think because of just the way the situation was handled. Um, all right, moving on. Next inciting incidents. Um, when I was seven years old, uh, my friend Katie passed away. We played soccer together. She was um, she was a really good friend of mine, and that was the first time that I experienced losing a loved one. And I remember my car ride with my mom, and I'm trying to picture and understand, like, what does it mean to live a life without someone? What does it mean? Like, what does death even mean? What does that look like to us? What do you mean she's never going to be here? And so it kind of, I, I can't tell you exactly the impact on what those questions had in my life, but I can tell you that uh, it was the first time that I actually grieved um, and I'll never forget, I wasn't quite sure how I could grieve. I wasn't quite sure if grieving was appropriate. I was seven years old, but I knew that I felt sad in my heart. It wasn't that I saw Katie every day. I saw her at soccer practice and at soccer games, but it was an impact to me. Um, but I was laying down and my sister was messing with me and I'm sure she was trying to play with me, but I was feeling sad. And one of my aunts um, picked me up and she just said, it's okay. And she let me cry. And she worked with um, my friend's dad. And my friend passed away from a car accident. The, the dad was driving, so... My aunt knew 
the family as well. Um, so she knew that I knew her and knew before I did that I needed to grieve um, the loss of my friend. Um, so that was that inciting incident. <laughs> when um, I was nine or ten-ish, I think it was closer to nine, um, I was going to Grace Baptist Temple with my grandma and my mom's side of the family, and I decided to follow Jesus, and I accepted the Lord into my heart, and um, I think it was like weeks later, I was uh, baptized at my church, uh, Grace Baptist Temple, who is still around. Uh, thank you, Pastor Isabel. Um, but it was, it was a joyous occasion. I knew what that meant. I knew that I had Jesus in my heart or that I knew and proclaimed that he was uh, my savior and that he died for my sins. Again, at nine years old, to understand the impact of what it meant for a man who I had never met die for me, I still didn't get it, but I was saved nonetheless. All right, so coming on through to my early teens when I was uh, 13, 14 years old. Um, I'm sorry, let me backtrack. When I was um, about 10 years old, my parents divorced. And it wasn't a pretty divorce. Not that divorce ever is pretty, because it isn't. Um, and I don't wish this upon even my worst enemy. Like, it is not fun. I know what it's like to feel um, the abandonment and the hurt, uh, the guilt, the shame um, as a little girl of what kids face and feel um, going through the divorce. And that changed my relationship with my dad and my relationship with my mom as I knew it from that point forward. Um, when I was about 13 years old, my mom um, began a new relationship with this, uh, with this man and it changed everything. Um, there was so, um, there's just so much change. We moved from one house where we had our own rooms to a little house where we had to share rooms. Uh, we had to switch schools, which was horrible um, for, for my uh, experience. Um, I had to switch schools before in elementary school. So switching schools wasn't the problem. It was the way that it happened because it was like one day I was hanging out with my friends. The very next day I was out of school. Um, so it was not a good experience. Um, I did not get along with um, this man that my mom was in a relationship with. Um, she ended up becoming pregnant and it actually fueled my anger for the relationship because then I was like, great, now we're stuck. Um, we're just gonna be living in this situation forever and ever. So I felt very, um, very alone, very afraid, very discouraged out of my element away from my family, um, and just away from God. Um, I remember praying to God um, that he would work it out to where we could just go back to the house and go back to the things, the way things were. And I am so glad that he did not answer that prayer in the way I thought he was going to answer it. Um, because my life is now better because I have my baby sister from that relationship. Um, 
moving on forward, when I was 14 years old, I came across death. I had an aunt pass away from cancer, and this is the same aunt that was comforting me when I was seven, when I lost my friend. And she meant so much to my family and still does. Her spirit continues to live on so much that um, I've <laughs> one of my past, um, you know, a- anytime people come into the, the family, they'll start asking us like, who is Rusha? When am I going to meet this Rusha? And it's kind of like, well, you might if you're going to go to heaven because she's not here right now. And um, she was just a beautiful soul. She believed in Jesus and she prayed all the time. She was such a light to everyone that she came across. She was so just filled with joy and laughter. Um, There was no way that you would be in her presence and not smile or at least laugh. She was beautiful. Um, so that was devastating for, for my family. Um, that death actually changed so much, um, in my family. The dynamic was just different. Um, but you know, life in itself still goes on. Um, now in high school, I, um, I, attempted to join just about every club that I could get into. Um, the interact club, I did sports, cross country, soccer, um, just to keep myself away from being at home because I did not like to be at home. And, um, I thought I was, you know, living my best life when I was 17 years old. I, um, got a boyfriend. He was a couple years older than me. Um, I started skipping school, um, and doing bad things, making bad decisions, as you can imagine a 17 year old girl would with an older boyfriend. And, um, so I thought this was my life. Like I was on cloud nine, um, and on prom night, um, we broke up or we didn't break up, but it was, it just did not end good. And I was in tears and it was like, oh, woe is me. Um, you know, my first little heartbreak and from there, it just spiraled into a long list of bad decisions, um, that I made. Uh, I, right after I graduated, um, I pretty much moved out from my house and moved in with um, a good friend of mine and her roommate and we partied, we had, um, yeah, it was just, you know, your rebellious young age. Um, You try new things, you um, push the limits and things of that sort. So good decisions were not being made. Um, when I was 20 years old, um, or 21 years old, just about to be 21, um, I met, uh, my boyfriend and that relationship at first was pretty good as most relationships are in the beginning. Um, maybe about a year into that relationship, it became physical, um, physical altercations, uh, when arguing, um, it was not healthy. There was a lot of emotional abuse, mental abuse, um, and it really changed me into a person that I didn't realize I was becoming. Um, a lot of 
bad things happened because of that relationship because I um I was just really hurt uh wounded my I I was I just was not um anyone who I I thought I would have been um I, I thought I was happy. I thought I was, you know, a positive person. I thought I was encouraging, but um, it turns out that I really wasn't. Um, and so we broke up after seven years and it was a really hard decision because, um, you know, we were living together. We were so um, integrated into our families and, um, things of that sort, as you can imagine, but it was something that had to be done. And I clinged to Jesus like I had never clinged to him before. Um, I prayed to, to God to help me, um, get out of the relationship. And he gave me a way out of the relationship. After we broke up, I had a lot of responsibility with continue on to pay the bills in the apartment that we had together and it left me very broke um when i say god is my provider this is why he is my provider um little side story onto this but there was um there were months where i would have no idea how i was going to put gas in my car or how i was going to put food on my table and um, I was down to, I think, five bucks for the rest of the week. And I, and I told God, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and in my head, I was thinking, I'm going to go get bread, ham. I'm good. I'll just eat ham sandwiches all week. I'll survive. I'm okay. Um, the very next day, uh, some friends of mine had a month a box worth of one month of food of Nutrilene system. And they brought it to work. They asked me if I wanted it. I'm like, what? How could this even be? So not only did he provide, but he provide he provided me more than enough. He used these girls um, to shine light into the situation and to show me never to fear, never to worry. Um, about where my food's going to come from because he, he has, he has it. Like he is provider, provider, sorry. Um, you know, in, in Matthew, he tells us, you know, look at the birds. Do I not love you more than the birds? Like you're worth more than that. He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far valuable to him than they are? And that's Matthew 6, 26. And I actually keep that up so I can see it daily. So when I start to fear or worry about money um, or food, I take a look at that scripture and just say, you, you're right. And I think about this moment. All right. So back to my timeline. So um, about a year after the breakup, I get into a new relationship and um, 
I'm, I'm going to City Tribe now. At the time, it was called um, City Church Downtown. And um, I get into this new relationship and everything is going well. He He's good. He He's a good person. He treats me well. Um, and then um, I get into PTO. And in PTO, um, you know, as you're going through all of this stuff and you start... Um, diving into the things that have happened to you it starts to kind of show you what it is in your current situation that you are settling for um, because of the decisions that you've made and about um, and you know PTO is great um, I like I said in the beginning I made great friends I got a lot of healing from it um, and then shortly after PTO, literally like a month later after PTO, um, me and my boyfriend at the time, we broke up. And then um, within that same week or within that same month or something, uh, my grandma uh, got really, really sick and um, she passed away. Um, during that time, though, when I was experiencing the grieving of the breakup and losing my grandma um, at first I was on I'm gonna call a Holy Spirit high because I was so close with with the spirit um, in the time that my grandma was um, was living her last week I I had the honor and privilege of being with her um, on on that bed that her deathbed for that last week that in itself is a God story. Um, I'll share it with you quickly uh, because I think it's it's just so phenomenal. But um, on a on a Friday, my grandma goes into the hospital and she's in there all weekend. And um, it was actually that the next day was her birthday, and um, I had a couple of my aunts who had planned on taking my grandma out to eat, but they made it very clear that there were certain family members that weren't involved. Well, guess what? God had better plans because although my grandma was in the hospital, my entire family got to be there to be with her. Um, all of my cousins, my aunts, no one was excluded. And that's the way I think my grandma really wanted things to be. Um, and I say that because the Lord made it happen. So there, that's what I believe in that. But that Monday, um, I come into work and I'm, I'm really frustrated because I wanted to be off to be with my family. Um, when I get to work, one of my coworkers, she, she shows up and she was supposed to be on vacation. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And she's like, well, she said, I had a feeling that I needed to come in to work and I didn't know why she's like, but I canceled my vacation and I came in. And once I found out what happened to your grandmother, she's like, now I know why. And I just started crying because this woman was obedient um, to the spirit. I was able to spend that last week of my grandmother's life next to her bedside, praying over her, singing hymns over her, reading the Bible over her. And that was such a beautiful experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But after she passed away, you know, it was like kind of back to 
back to reality. Um, and I was faced with grieving her loss and, you know, grieving this uh, relationship that I was getting out of. And I went into a depression. I did not want to leave my bed. I wanted to stay in the dark. Um, one of my girlfriends had started a Bible study at City City Church, and um, I didn't want to go, but she encouraged me every Tuesday, every Tuesday, to get up and to just show up as a mess, kicking and screaming, crying and all. Um, and I would literally sit there the entire time just crying because I didn't want to be there. But even though I was crying the entire time, I was always glad that I did because I was surrounded by the spirit. I was surrounded by friends that loved me and cared about me. And I always left just a little different. Whether I realized it at the moment or not, I did. And that is what I call my fight in my story because I fought tooth and nail to not stay in that dark state. Um, I yelled plenty of times out to God and said, um, your word promises joy in the morning and it's the morning. Where are you? And I would challenge him. I would challenge God to show me his goodness and he would. I would challenge God to show me his light and he would to show me his promises and he would. And um, I really just clinged on to his truths, whether I necessarily believed it in the moment or not. I was just disciplined. I told God, I, after all the questioning, or maybe still questioning, I don't know, but I did tell God, you promised me joy at the end of this. You said and promised that you are with me. So I want that joy. And I want to get it as quickly as I can because this sucks. And it does. It sucks going through it. But I also didn't want to be stuck in that because I just had lived this high. And I wanted to get back into that high where I was, you know, healed. Where I was, I, I, I felt purpose. I felt... Um, peace. I wanted to get that. I wanted to get that joy. I was coming for my joy. Um, and I fought, I fought tooth and nail and I got through it guys. So if you are ever struggling through a depression, um, please give me a call. Um, I would be happy uh, to pray with you, um, to walk with you through it. Um, because that is what helped me, but it does take a lot of fight from the individual and you do have a personal choice when you are sitting or laying in that bed to either one, sit there and, and, you know, feel the emotion and that's okay. Or two, sit there, feel the emotion and cry out to God. And I did that on a daily basis and it took it took what seemed like an eternity, but I got through it, guys. And you can too. Um, so <clears throat> that was that was my fight. And then after that, um, it's been it's been now three years, three and a half years, I think, um, since I went through that depression. And I can say now that um, I am a different person. You know, I 
didn't realize um, how how much of a person that I didn't like <laughs> that I really was. Um, I didn't know that I was actually really, really sad for so long. I didn't know that I didn't know my own worth. I didn't know that I was settling. I didn't know that I allowed things to just be um, passed over. I didn't, I didn't know that um, until after PTO and I received so much healing. Now I know that I can't be in control of anyone else's happiness. I cannot be in control of their decisions to find their happiness. Um, so I've had to learn uh, through lots of practice on how to bite my tongue sometimes, how to, instead of speaking conviction, maybe speak grace into someone's life. Um, instead of pointing the finger, maybe looking at myself and saying, what can I do differently? Um, because I no longer want to feel victimized. I want to feel like a victor, and I truly am, um, because we have victory um, in Christ. Um, the end of Revelation, just a heads up, in case anybody's wondering, but God wins in the end. We're victorious. So um, that's where I want to sit. And so not to say that I don't feel things or that I don't go through things, that I won't face troubles because I will. And there might be things that happen to me, um, you know, in the future that I don't have control over, but I will not give power to the enemy to steal my joy the way that he has before my entire life before I really knew what it was like to walk in your salvation to walk in your freedom it is so different than just being saved when I was nine years old and I was saved and I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart that was an open invitation for him to to change things however because I've experienced life without bringing him along with me um I've allowed these things you know to rob me of my salvation to rob me um and when I say salvation I'm not just saying like you know my ticket into heaven I'm saying my salvation for today how I can walk into freedom today how I can say yes those things happen to me but I'm not angry I'm not angry for um the abandonment that I that I felt I am not angry for um, the lack of um, care that I felt for my own needs uh, I am not an angry person I can feel anger but I am not an angry person um, so <clears throat> PTO has changed my life that is basically my testimony um, in a nutshell, there are, I'm sure, other things that have happened to me that um, God will bring to my attention as he knows that I am ready for um, to process. Um, like I said in the beginning, there's even stuff today, um, actually, that, um, and not literally today, but in today's time, um, that I'm having to overcome that I didn't realize, you know, God landed on my heart to show me that there was a wound um, in a certain aspect or area of my life 
Um, and I didn't even know. I didn't know. Um, I, well, you know, fearlessly authentic, I'll just put it out there, but I didn't know that I was really hurt um, by, by the divorce of my parents. I knew how my mom's actions had affected me, but I didn't know how my dad's actions or lack of actions affected me um, throughout the divorce. Um, even when I went through PTO, my entire story was about my mom. Um, and probably because she's like in the forefront, um, because she's always been there. She's the constant in my life. Um, but it wasn't until recently where God actually revealed to me the hurt that I've actually had to, um, endure because of, you know, some of the actions for my dad. And, um, I was able to process it in, in a very healthy way because, I know that um, my parents did the best that they could with what they knew, and I cannot blame them, um, you know, because if I look back at myself and who I was, you know, before PTO, would she have made the right decisions? I can't say. I can't say. I would like to think that, you know, younger me would have made better decisions, but I didn't and I don't know what kind of decisions I would have made given if I were in their situations um, but I love my parents so much um, for everything that they have done for me um, but yeah you know we are we are ever evolving we are ever becoming and if you're not changing um, in any kind of manner then are you even living because um, we aren't meant to stay the same. We have to grow. And um, yes, of course, hold on to those good things, those good aspects of who you are. Um, but in fact, even amplify those. You know, you can still add on to those good traits that you possess inside of you. Um, but yeah, so that is my story. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have any questions on PTO, um, again, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, everything's kind of on a pause right now because of um, the coronavirus, but I, I know that God's up to something. He's got to be up to something because I know the impact of PTO and I can speak for hundreds, if not thousands. Um, I don't know, maybe we're at a thousand but I can speak on behalf of my brothers and sisters that will tell you that PTO is truly life-changing. Um, but this isn't a whole ad on or sponsoring for PTO. Um, it's just how I became very um, comfortable with, with my story. And so I just had to share my source. Um, but above and beyond everything, it is always the Holy Spirit that does the work. Um, we're just the vessels. We're just people being used um, for him. So again, thank you guys for listening. I am going to head on out. Before I go, I would like to go ahead and say a quick prayer for anybody who is listening to my voice. So wherever you're, you are, if you are able to close your eyes and bow your head, do it. If you are not able to, then just sit in silence and let these words land on your heart. 
But Father God, I come to you humbly as your daughter and as your servant, Lord Jesus. I know that you are the King of Kings. You are the Alpha. You are the Omega. You are who is in control. You are the great I am. I ask that you would be with those who are listening to my voice, Father God. And I ask that you would just pierce their hearts with your goodness and that they would see a new lens of who you are, that you give healing, that you are light into the darkness, that you are comfort, that you want to go into those areas and that you were already there. Anything that has been done to us, um, you were there, Father, and you hurt while we hurt. And I ask that you would just do a mighty work into these ears that are listening, Lord Jesus, and may they come into their hearts and fill your presence, Lord Jesus. I ask for healing for my family, for my friends, and for an a spirit of courage, Father, to take over um, my friends and family and that they would be open and willing to receive your healing and to receive your light. And I ask these things by the power of your son's precious and holy name in the name of Jesus. Thank you guys for listening again. This is Fearlessly Authentic with Priscilla Flores. I will talk to y'all soon.